Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It, the St. Petrox podcast series celebrating the positivity and resilience of the Cornish community throughout the challenges of COVID. At St. Petrox, as we work to end homelessness in Cornwall, a big part of our work is supporting people as they face challenges, challenges often complex and not of their own making, to places in their lives where they are able to sustain, grow and thrive. So we wanted to talk to people across the county, many of whom have connections with our work, to shine a light on the fortitude and robustness of Cornwall as a whole at a time that has been pretty dark for a lot of people. Welcome, John Sparks. It's um, really great to have you here today. You've got a really long-standing connection with Cornwall and are a chief exec of probably the single most influential homeless charity in the UK. Uh, You've been, you know, policy makers and changers for over 50 years. Um, And at St. Petrox, we're really privileged that we've had a fruitful relationship with crisis over many, many years. And on reflection, we we think uh, that crisis has probably been our most influential partner regarding how we've shaped and developed and our own policies and practices. So, yeah, it's really, really great to have you with us today. So thank you for, for coming in. Throughout the podcast, we'd like to explore how crisis has worked through the pandemic and the impact of COVID on its work, on its work. Um, But before we start, how are you personally a year and a bit into the uh, into the pandemic? I'm I'm very well. My my connection to Cornwall is that I've I've lived in Cornwall for the last uh, 10 or more years. Um, And my connection to crisis is I've been crisis chief executive for the last six and a half years years and uh well how am i i, I i'm i'm fine um the the pandemic has been really really hard for many many people um in so many ways um it's been been quite awful I, i'm very fortunate in in having a great team who have reinvented so many things that they do so they're able to work in in the pandemic at a personal level I really like meeting people. I like meeting the people who work for Crisis, the people that Crisis works for. And it's really frustrating to only be able to do that by Zoom and Teams. So I'm I'm very, very much looking forward to actually traveling and actually meeting people face to face again. But um, sadly, I'm not able to do that quite yet. No, it's um, it's it's nice that the world is slowly opening up, but yeah, there's a there is definitely still that limit, and I suppose traveling around the country is quite different to just popping in and out of one office, isn't it? So, it, it is, and crisis <laughs> works across England, Scotland, and Wales, and so that yeah, that that's my that's my patch for traveling, but uh, really looking forward to it. That's um, yeah, that's not just one set of rules either, is it? That's that's three rule three sets of countries' rules to kind of juggle, so. That's right. Housing is housing's devolved. So, so the housing systems in Wales, Scotland, and England are, are certainly um, becoming more and more different. Um, but the, the complexity, of course, is housing may be devolved, but uh, welfare isn't devolved. Migration policy isn't devolved. So, it's really important for me that crisis has uh, um, operations and work in all three countries and a relationship with the UK government c- c- covering all three countries. Yeah. Um, talking about the uh, government, so the pandemic really did directly impact government policy around homelessness, um, most notably things like everybody in and the ban on evictions. In your opinion, speaking on behalf of a national charity, is there anything else that the government that you feel the government could have done to help those experiencing homelessness during the pandemic? I think there is. But let me start by 
talking just about how extraordinary the response actually was. So I think the, you know, looking back, a government that uh, has effectively supported 30,000, more than 30,000 people into safe accommodation from situations that were really dangerous from a, a public health and uh, coronavirus point of view is, is quite remarkable. Um, a government reversing decision, a decision of almost a decade ago on, on how housing benefits are set in relation to local markets was extraordinary. A government that was essentially saying you can't do evictions um, for large parts of this, um, again, was quite extraordinary. And I think what has, what has happened is a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's helped them reframe what homelessness is all about. Mm-hmm. And see, instead of seeing homelessness as something to do with individual victims or individual mistakes or individual behaviors, I think people now have, have started to see people who are experiencing homelessness as disadvantaged as treated unequally and as needing our support and our help and you know if there's ever any kind of silver lining at all from something as awful as the pandemic then i think that's really helpful so what else could they have done i think uh, that first wave and that that so-called everyone in um campaign in england was was extraordinary i think since the the sort of second wave and that um the support since Christmas, I think we've seen it. Um, we've seen it diluted. We've seen it re- reduced. So that that's certainly um, an issue. I think the the other things that have been issues. One is one is there's been a series of quite short term funding initiatives which have been about so called move on or specialist accommodation, and there's been an opportunity missed. I think to say okay, here's 30,000 people that we've supported. What's our plan to move those people into permanent and settled and mainstream housing Mm -hmm. rather than some kind of specialist situation? I think the other thing that has been missed is around um, migrant homelessness and the the, um, so-called no recourse to public funds status that, that, that people have. The governments in Scotland and Wales made very, very clear statements that their equivalence of everyone in meant everyone. And it meant everyone, no matter what your what your what your status. The government in um, the UK government in in relation to homelessness and housing in, in England didn't make those that sort of bold mm-hmm. statement. And indeed, it's taken a high court case to recognise that local authorities actually have the the power, the ability to house people who would otherwise not qualify for housing support during a pandemic, during a public health emergency. Uh, it doesn't say they have to, but it certainly says they, they, they can. I think the final thing that it's probably missed was an emphasis on, on jobs. A lot of people are going to come out of furlough. They're going to come out of very insecure employment situations, and that's going to have a knock-on effect into housing and homelessness. And I think what I don't see is that major program around employment um, to underpin anything that we do on on homelessness. That's really interesting, actually. It's, um, it just shows how giving someone a roof doesn't just solve all the causes that come along with experiencing homelessness. No, that's right. I think the, I mean, the, the, the point is making sure that housing is sustainable. I think yes. people, it, it, it's, it's always true to say that um, homelessness isn't only about housing. Um, but it's also true to say that solving homelessness is always about housing and what goes with that. And I think the, I mean, the work we do at Crisis in, in, in our own direct services 
is is primarily about four things. It's about it's about housing. It's it's about employment and the means to afford housing. It's about well-being and self-esteem, and it's about relationships. And I think we think all of those things need to go together. But in every single instance, a home is part of the solution to homelessness. Definitely, I think you did touch on actually how you know there's been uh, different approaches, but also the ways that people have started to think differently, maybe about homelessness due to the fact that you know everything else changed around it. And I think obviously the last year has also required a lot of different approaches to kind of work frontline to support those who are experiencing homelessness. And I think one of the big things St. Petrox has found through our relationship, particularly with crisis, has been the ability to work differently and adapt as the situation's needed. So I think an example of that for us is here in Cornwall is um, this year's winter services, which have been a really big success. And a significant part of that is due to the development of our St. Petrox app. Um, which really does have crisis's influence running throughout it. Are there, or what other innovations are there that you've seen that you feel could have a big impact on how homeless charities do their work? Okay, I think that's a really Im- important question. I think even before answering it, it's, it's, it's sometimes just worth reminding ourselves of where homelessness comes from. And, and I think it's pretty clear that, that homelessness is a, is a result of, of poverty and inequality, there are other things involved, housing markets, the approach to rehousing people, uh, the approaches we take to preventing homelessness. So, so any innovation in terms of service delivery needs to um, respond to, to those, those things. I think we've certainly seen over the last year um, the, the change of services where um, the use of digital technology has become more important whether that's professionals talking to each other and sharing um, support, whether it's talking to clients or, or members, as we, we refer to people at, uh, at, at crisis through through an app or through some other digital uh, approach, I think a lot of the a lot of the innovation is more about um, going back to the evidence as to uh, of what works. And I think we need to make sure we see as much evidence as as much as many examples as possible of, of innovation in that area, particularly innovation um, around preventing homelessness. And and I mean innovation doesn't have to be a new invention. Uh, there there are proven way approaches like uh, critical time interventions for supporting people who are leaving prison but would otherwise become homeless. Um, approaches such as the the pathway hospital teams, which are about supporting people as they come out of um, health environments to and and would otherwise become homeless. I think there are. I mean, very tried and tested in some countries approaches like Housing First. And you know, many of us have, have grappled with what is the best way to support someone into sustained housing when they have a whole range of, of other needs happening at the same time. The evidence from across the globe is that uh, Housing First works. The evidence from Scotland and their um, their approach at the moment is showing that it works. They're, they're, they're their initiative is now up to 400 people uh, getting a housing first service with with no evictions at all. I think we need to see innovation in the way that local authorities and local systems work to rehouse people and taking the emphasis completely away from finding the temporary accommodation solution. The temporary accommodation is both expensive and and is a holding pattern, not a solution to homelessness. So so a lot of that, I think there's there's a lot of um, innovation around 
frontline services and the support people are, are getting, whether that's personal budgets, whether that's um, assertive outreach. And then I think the other area of innovation we're seeing is in the, the, the support for people who for whom homelessness is, is one of the things they're facing, whether they're also facing um, modern slavery, domestic abuse, a health problem, um, a migration issue, and and so on, we need to see innovation around supporting people where homelessness is is one of that one of the issues they're they're facing. So, for example, things like um, community housing solutions, like hosting, um, those sorts of things. Overall, though, I think all of that is really important and will help us to tackle and end homelessness for thousands of individuals. Um, but the real changes, the real big innovations, need to be at a policy level. Uh, the provision of social housing, uh, the support for people who are both homeless and and are, are migrants, um, how we make sure that we keep uh, housing benefits at the level they're they're at now, and uh, and the emphasis we place on on prevention. So so tons of innovation happening, both because of the pandemic, but but also that was happening anyway. Um, I think the most important innovations are those where there is already a proven solution, mm-hmm. and the innovation actually is getting on and delivering it rather than inventing a new solution. Um, and all of that needs backing by, uh, um, by, by policy. And I think there is something about making sure that in different areas, um, we're using those things in different ways. I mean, clearly in an area which is more rural like Cornwall, then the use of digital technology to communicate with clients is really important, um, in making sure they've got the support when they need it. When they could be, you know, they could be 30 miles or three hours on public transport away from the support that they're, they, they're getting. Yeah. And yet they could have that um, on tap through, through the, the kind of app that, uh, that St. Petrox has developed. You've touched on in pretty much all of the responses, I think so far, um, the difference in approaches just across the country, obviously rural, urban, the different countries within the United Kingdom, which you consider the most considerable or significant differences across the regions. Yeah, that's important. It's important to, to note, you know, there, there isn't necessarily a one fits all um, approach to, to to tackling homelessness. Again, if you come back to the, the causes of homelessness around poverty and inequality, poverty and inequality show themselves in different ways in different parts of the country, whether that's um, whether that's areas where the housing market is particularly different, difficult, like the southeast of England, London, Oxford, um, Edinburgh, um, or whether it's areas where uh, the the inequalities are really stark, like Cornwall and like some some rural areas, or indeed in Cornwall, where you've got both uh, a house price differential and 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 areas of, of of poverty. So so the approach to be taken obviously needs to reflect that. Um, but there are also different approaches that uh, different parts of of different parts of the UK are, are showing. In Scotland, for example, they have a full comprehensive plan for ending homelessness. And, uh, and they've taken some really radical steps over the last winter during the pandemic. Um, for example, all of the emergency night shelters that would have had people sleeping in congregate, congregate arrangements on floors or in dormitories, all of those closed. And, uh, and, 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 ch- and the emphasis changed to, to welcome centers where people were accommodated with dignity, but where all of the conversation was about their solutions to their homelessness rather than just where they were going to sleep tonight. And, uh, I don't imagine we'll see those sorts of emergency shelters opening again in Scotland and rough sleeping numbers, for example, in Glasgow, most nights over the last winter were, were, were down at, at, at sort of five or so, um, very, very different to, to, to previously. In in Wales, I think 
they've taken a really determined, they took a really bold approach to start with. So um, very, very early in the pandemic, the Welsh government announced a 10 million pound fund for moving, for supporting people to move into safe uh, accommodation. And, and that's still open and still being used. But what they did, which I thought was really um, progressive, was as they got into the sort of next phase of moving people out of that emergency accommodation and onward, they, they, they placed the emphasis on permanent settled accommodation. They, did, they, they didn't get it right every single time for every single person. But the emphasis was very quickly on how do we build the future during the emergency? rather than the future being something that comes after the emergency. Um, so I think that was important. Um, places like Liverpool, where just some amazing partnership working has happened between uh, the local authority, the housing associations, and some of the charities in the city, so that when some of those older-style uh, congregate living-style hostels were were emptied out under everyone in, um, they've made a very determined effort to make sure that we don't go back to that and uh, using the housing stock that they have in the city housing associations changing their allocations policies and really um, em- emphasizing people coming out of that emergency accommodation and 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 there are there are other changes now i've, I've seen for example in um, london borough of hammersmith and fulham new style emergency accommodation built much more on around the dignity of the individual ensuite bathrooms support and 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 so on rather than assuming that just just because someone's in an emergency situation like rough sleeping that they'll make do with 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 anything if it's going to be a platform for them moving forward changing their lives and ending their homelessness then the sooner that response can have dignity at its heart the, the 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 better so very different approaches and we saw in i mean in cornwall the the use of of um holiday accommodation early in the pandemic as as a safe self-contained place to to be um during the pandemic was uh you know, really quite quite creative so that there have been some some really good approaches i think um around the point that i've made made earlier about people with no recourse to public funds i mean i, I just think it's it has been an opportunity missed in England not to have been much more bold about that. But the Welsh government and the Scottish government were particularly bold in making sure that if it's a public health emergency, it affects everybody. Therefore, we should be making everybody safe. I think it's really interesting, as you touched on all those regional differences, actually thinking back to what you said about the innovation and the fact that innovation isn't doing something differently. It's about looking at what works and putting it in action. It's kind of taking what has worked, but shaping it to fit now and actually some of those things are thinking about things in a significantly more long-term approach i think that's absolutely absolutely right and what we're what we're trying to do at crisis is not deliver every service everywhere but make sure that we are ourselves delivering some of those different evidence-based services so we we now have um, housing first services in london and newcastle uh, we're starting critical time interventions uh, projects in South Wales and in Liverpool. And a lot of the work we're doing in, in local places is all about rapid rehousing, um, minimising temporary accommodation, maximising people moving into permanent and settled yeah. housing. Because we want to we want to make sure that if we're going to be campaigning on developing policy in those areas, that we've also got the, the the practical expertise and know-how as as well, and that uh, in in you know while we're doing that, we can be preventing uh, and tackling homelessness for many more people.
it's really interesting working in an organization that's very focused in one place and is fairly frontline work focused it's fascinating to hear the inconsistencies but also yeah that drive for change across a much bigger scale we're going to change topics slightly and consider the staff within crisis the people who make crisis work i think for us at st petrox um we've touched on how we've had a long relationship with a variety of different services and support provided by crisis um, and actually particularly over the last year the link with crisis has had a, a really positive effect for morale on lots of the St Petrox staff sometimes in a time when it can be a bit of a struggle some of our staff have really felt that they're not kind of alone and the work they're doing is is really supported by evidence and lots of the things that you're researching and, and publishing is hu- hugely encouraging so for us that's been a, a huge morale booster what has morale like been at crisis so i mean the crisis team is just absolutely resolved to to ending homelessness and whether that's people who are working frontline and ending homelessness literally person by person whether that's our policy and campaigning teams who are ending homelessness policy by policy or whether it's the the work we're doing place-based um to 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 end homelessness locally then you know, literally to a person, everyone at crisis is is absolutely resolved to ending homelessness. They've faced the same difficulties that everyone else has faced over the last year. You know, none of us ever imagined we would be facing the anxieties of a global pandemic, and that they, and that it would last for the the length of time that it's lasted for. So we've uh, the, the, there are a couple of things that we do. One one is one is at crisis. I mean, we we hire people who want to end homelessness, and we hire people who share our values, particularly values around dignity, around fearlessness, uh, around the integrity that comes from evidence and, and knowledge. And then I think, you know, if, if it's about motivating, I, I don't, I don't need to motivate people who are there to end homelessness and work in, in, in that way. But what we do acknowledge crisis is that people have been working against the backdrop of those anxieties. They've had more difficult balances to strike between work and home and family than than possibly ever before. So we've just been determined to do what we can. You know, we can't make the world right, um, but what we can do is not get in their way at work and make sure that they're absolutely empowered and supported to make professional judgments based on our values, based on evidence, and do the right thing um, for people who are experiencing homelessness. But we can do things around staff well-being, maximising our flexibilities, supporting people when life happens and things go wrong. Um Giving, making sure people have the opportunity to communicate effectively with each other. We've had a range of things called tea and talks, which have usually been on Zoom and have usually involved, you know, 150, 200 people gathering around Zoom from different parts of the country to, to talk about particular issues. Um, we've been doing a lot of work, like a lot of other organizations, around issues of equality, diversity and inclusion. And probably we're surveying, well, I think we're, I think we're surveying people and finding out how things are, I think, enough. Um, I don't think you can ever ask someone if they're okay enough or in, in enough different ways. So, so we're doing that. And then finally, and I don't think we've necessarily got this right all the time, every time, but about making sure people have got the kit to do their job. And if they have to do, if they have to work in a mobile way, if they have to work in a flexible way, let's at least make sure that they're able to do that. And we, and we don't get in, in, in their way, but it's been, no, it's been a very, very difficult time for many, many people. And, uh, 
I'm just really proud of what our team's done. Thank you for for coming to spend some time with us today, John. On behalf of everyone at St. Petrox, I would just like to express our gratitude to you personally for the generosity of sharing not only your own expertise, but also for sharing you and the rest of the crisis team's ambition to end homelessness. From St. Petrox, we wish you and everyone at Crisis continued safety health and good well-being we are really looking forward to continuing our relationship with you over the coming years so yeah please do all stay safe thank you if you'd like to find out more about st petrox and how you can support our work to end homelessness in cornwall please visit our website stpetrox.org.uk or follow us on social media search St. Petrox on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn.